What's up, everybody? I'm JJ John J. Stramski. And I'm Jason Goff. And if you haven't heard, The Ringer has gone local. I'm bringing the fire. I'm bringing the rain from the Big Apple with my show, New York, New York. And I'm repping Chi-Town with my new show, The Full Go on All Things Chicago. We've got episodes three nights a week with all the reaction to the local teams and guests. Plus bonus episodes around all the big games and storylines. So whether you're uptown, downtown, in the burbs, or a transplant. Make sure you follow New York, New York, and The Full Go on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am here with Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. Christmas is over. Week 16 is almost over. The fantasy semis are almost over. Hopefully you're not waiting on any Saints or Dolphins. It is almost time for the fantasy championships. We're giving out awards. We're getting right into it. DK, kick us off. Yeah. All right. So last week, you may remember the Bengals freaking ghosted everyone. T. Higgins. Jamar Chase, even Joe Burrow to an extent, Joe Mixon. This week, and I'm giving this award, I'm calling this award the Dominate the Consolation Bracket Award because <laughs> it probably came a little bit late. But the Bengals just went ham, hard as a motherfucker this week. Wow. Uh, what about yeah, all the sorry. children listening sorry to for this part? Starting off explicit and minute in. They went freaking ham, you guys. T. Higgins, let's start off with T. Higgins because he just... I mean, this is a career day. 13 targets, 12 catches, 194 yards, two touchdowns, 43 points in PPR. This follows up a four-point performance from week 15. What week are we in? 16? 10x in a week yeah. is like like an altcoin. That's decent. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, um, if we if we want to give him a subcategory, I was, I was going to give him um, the that's not even why I drafted you, but wow, thank you award. <laughs> like, he he was didn't amazing. have to do that. You ate a whole wheel of cheese? <laughs> wow, tea? I'm impressed. Tea, I, tea, I just need like 12 to 15 out of you. I don't need 40. I don't have it in front of me, but I feel like he had 30 points in the first half too. This was one of those games where it was just like, okay, every everything that happened after the half was like, okay, enough. Like he's already dead. Like stop You know that this. point? Like, <laughs> you know that point in fantasy where 
you know in your head what you want your player to get, and when he gets it, you're like, oh, this is great. He got yeah. 20? Like, Everything else is gravy, and then it just keeps coming. <laughs> and you're then like, he oh got another God. 20. Yeah. <laughs> Playing with Dude, house Joe money. Joe Burrow did that, too. I was like, oh, wow, Joe Burrow. That's cool. 250 yards, three <laughs> touchdowns. That's and then all he like, did that again. <laughs> yeah, Joe <laughs> Burrow, started, he finished with 525 yards, four touchdowns, 38 points in fantasy. Last week, 13 points. So obviously that was a good good uh, little like mushroom power-up type move. Uh, wait, Jamar can Chase. I give you, wait, hold up. Wait, can we stay in Burrow for a second? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have to linger here. So most passing yards in Bengals history. This was the fourth most passing really? yards in NFL oh, wow. history. Like 525 is the fourth most passing yards in a single game in the history of the NFL. Love it. Can you Just name kept the three on. people who've had more passing yards in a game than Joe Burrow? Oh, Big God. Ben? No, but Ben has cracked 500 twice somehow. He had like two fewer yards like last year uh, or something. Okay. A lot of modern quarterbacks, like quarterbacks who are playing now, have hit 500, but none of them actually really have, have cracked. Drew Burrow. Brees? Brees has done it two or three times, but not beaten 525. They're Brady? All Brady's done it, but between 500 and 525. All the <laughs> active quarterbacks okay. who've done it, like Matt Dak, Ryan's done it. Dak, Prescott? Dak has done it, but between 500 and 525. Ah. Like all your guesses are going to be between under 525. Is, is it, are these obvious or are they like. They're the least obvious things I've ever seen. Is okay. it like Randall well, Cunningham or some so, random right. stuff? So the guy who did it, if you ever played Madden, you would have beaten this. You know this if you played Madden because your guy will break the record and you check the record book. Norm Van Brocklin did it like 70 years ago. Okay. Oh, okay. I've Warren never Moon. Do you know the other oh. person? You'll never, you're going to shit your Obviously, brain. we don't. Matt Shop. <laughs> oh, oh, my, my God. God. <laughs> Matt Shop. Wow. That's if it's crazy. a sitting here listening to us play the hits, like Tom Brady, Drew Brees. I know. I just just letting to... us do it. Okay. But the other thing, that's but right. I wanted to note that because that's crazy. Also, this is the most passing yards Joe Burrow's ever thrown in a game. Like, like even LSU, more than, yeah. including high school. Remember that game where he had eight touchdowns against Oklahoma? He did not have as many yards in that game as he did in this game. Like this 525 against the NFL. I know the Ravens are banged up, but like, I think that's insane. And I just want to say that to highlight the Rams playing the Ravens next week with the secondary. Holy crap. Ooh, that's going to be fun. Um, I think that's, that's a great stat, by the way, I have to say he's never thrown for more than this in his entire life. Like he had, he was on a team where his top two receivers were Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Like picture that <laughs> it's running back uh, in a college in college. With so, Clyde Edwards Hilaire there and Terrace Marshall, right? Oh, yeah. And Terrace yeah. Marshall was the second round. <laughs> Justin Jefferson, meanwhile, is going to become maybe the player with the most receiving yards under 23 ever. Oh, yeah. also, speaking of 23, there are so many numbers from this game. T. Higgins and Jamar Chase went over 1,000 yards. They are the first teammates in NFL history to both at 1,000 yards before turning 23 years old. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're going to be good for a really long time. T. And Higgins, honestly, I think, is, is really underrated already. He actually is almost having the same year as Chase at this point because T. Higgins has missed two games. Chase hasn't missed any. They're both pretty much averaging 75 yards a game. Higgins is interesting. He's, 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 he and like C.D. Lamb, I think, are both in the unique body style category. Like T. Higgins is really tall and really skinny. I'd say C.D. Lamb Higgins? is kind of in that. Yeah, Higgins. Well, I think you know he, what, well, you know skinny is maybe the right he word. He looks Slender. big because he wears 85 and he looks like a tight <laughs> yeah. end because he's the only yeah. receiver who wears 85 anymore. And but Tyler for Boyd a guy that too. tall, for a guy that tall to be able to run that precise of routes and shake guys like that, I think it's really impressive. I don't know. Higgins is just really awesome. Um, the Bengals went absolutely ham today, as I said. And I don't know. Hopefully that won you your consolation bracket. If you're going for fifth place, congrats. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> 
Son of a bitch, bro. Never I wrong. am going for fifth place because of him this week. Never wrong. Just early on all the Bengals. Oh, my God. <laughs> God. All right. Well, if the Bengals are going to help you get fifth place, I'm going to give another award out here to someone who's going to help you avoid last place, which is AJ Brown, who's helping you dominate the toilet bowl. If you're in your little concert, if you're like trying not to come in last, <laughs> AJ Brown really helped you because he literally had not played since, what was it, week 11? Was an yeah, injured and also, reserve. if you drafted him as one of your top receivers, your team probably wasn't very good. It's been a miserable year for you. Suck. I'm so sorry. <laughs> if you had... Yeah, I he was activated off injured reserve for Thursday Night Football. Season high, 16 targets, season high, 11 catches, 145 yards and a touchdown is like 30 plus PPR points. This is the dream, you guys. Just give him 16 targets every week. I don't even care. Like force feed him the ball. You know what I realized during this? There's a thousand things about this, but the Titans are five and one with Julio and and, uh, Julio and A.J. Brown together. And that Julio, A.J. Brown, and Derrick Henry could be back for the playoffs. Oh, like, can wow. you imagine if the Titans actually have all three of them in the playoffs? <laughs> anyway, I, I just A.J. Brown coming back was hilarious. I feel like so. You know that you know that drawing where it's like the two dragons, and then the other, the third dragon is like sticking its tongue out, and it's oh, like, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like the fact that you're adding Julio Jones into this category, like almost makes me want to reference that because like. Julio Jones has done nothing. It's such year. a better like, absolutely name. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, Why are yeah, you including Julio Jones in this group? There. It's really just AJ guy. Brown and Derrick Henry. Julio's a fringe guy at this point. Uh, the, well, speaking of dragon, I'm doing another word, oh. which is people dragging you to your championship. Oh. <laughs> That's maybe your best segue of all time. I think. It's the Cooper Cup of segues. <laughs> Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. That was really smooth. Ten. You didn't even really like lean into that. Speaking I'm actually proud of you. I'm Come growing on. up. Cooper humble. Cup had 10 catches today. Can I talk about Cooper Cup, guys? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I feel like you're Sorry, ready to move your segue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite ready. Let's talk about it for a little longer. <laughs> let's linger, as Simon would say. Yeah, let's linger yeah, on yeah. this. Let's linger on this. Let's, let's sit here for a minute. Cooper Cup had his second worst game of the last two months. Like, basically, his second worst game of the half of the season. Except the second worst game of this half of the season for him is 10 catches for 109 yards. Cooper Cup is freaking incredible. Cooper Cup is the first player in NFL history with 90 yards in 14 different games, which wow. is astonishing. Incredible consistency in addition to just massive, massive numbers. He leads the league, obviously, in like receiving yards and catches and touchdowns. Craig and I were talking earlier today. I want to go through this, actually. Basically, like I kind of want to walk through the math here of like how close he is to breaking the catches record and like flirting with the receiving yards record. And I know it's like an 18-game season. Here's the thing. Forget the 18th game. Like, throw it out. Let's pretend the 18th week's not happening. He has another week. Cooper Cup has 132 catches. That's already fifth. He's wow. fifth ever. He has, like, with two games left, forget the 18th game. He, can, he is five more catches away from third. Yeah. Holy he's, cow. he's almost definitely not going to break Michael Thomas's record. He's 17 away. He could do it in the 17th he'll game. Need, he'll need the 18th game. He firstly could have the record. He'll need the 18th game to break Michael Thomas. Yeah. But he only needs 11 catches to beat Marvin Harrison for number two all time. But the fact he's already, like, the point is he's already there. That's the point. Like, he's the only people ahead of him are Michael Thomas a couple years ago, Marvin Harrison 02, Antonio Brown five years ago, and Anto- or six years ago, and Julio Jones six years ago. Those are the only people with more catches in a season than Cooper Cup has right now with a game to Incredible. go. Incredible. That's crazy. He feels like Larry Fitzgerald level of sure-handed. We should give out, there should be M- uh, NFL Gold Glove Awards. They should do that. <laughs> wow. I that like is that, good. Yeah. There's, I, I do think that there's like three things the NFL needs to steal from baseball. They need to steal um, 
errors. Except oh, the opposite. That. Like there are earned, like earned runs. runs. Foot- yeah, yes. there are earned runs 100%. in baseball. We need earned passing yards, like a screen <laughs> for ten yards, like and then like you know when Tyree Kill breaks like three tackles to get eighty yards for a touchdown. Like Patrick Mahomes doesn't earn those eighty yards. Totally agree. And then and then also like if you you know if you're trying to throw a pass and somebody at the line of scrimmage tips it, or you, no, your receiver tips in the air and it's a perfect pass, shouldn't count as an interception. Yeah, we shouldn't go errors. towards your ERA. It, it, yeah. and, and they're like, oh, well, who's going to do that? The scorer, like baseball has. No one complains. Anyway. Hire that guy. Hi, just get I mean, that it's guy. like a how many billion dollar industry? Like, we'll figure it out. I, that's, think, think. I think we can do that. We could find kids in 10 minutes who would do that. <laughs> Except if, but that would require someone watching every NFL game. How are we going to do that? Anyway, anyway, really we really hard. need errors. And, but the point is, we also need gold gloves. But, but not just the, the catches, though. We know I hate PPR. I also want to shout out the receiving yards thing. Cooper Cup already has 1,700 receiving yards. Like, that's already the most in six yards, in six years. He needs like 80 yards. 80 is pretty fine for him. And again, just next week, forget week 18. If he gets 80 yards, he'll have the fifth most receiving yards ever in a single season. He's only going to be the fifth receiver to break 1,800 with 80 more. 120 next week, he'll have the third most. It'll be Calvin Johnson, Julio, and the Cooper Cup. And then honestly, Jerry Rice. He'll go, he'll move past Jerry Rice. And then if he gets the two weeks, he'll probably he could get to two thousand receiving yards. It's possible. This he'll is also, crazy. How close is he to breaking the fantasy record for most points by a wide receiver? He's got to be hanging. You know, funnily enough, there. I didn't check that one. Because you know why the <laughs> different? I can't believe I didn't check that. You know what's funny though? You're right though, because Calvin Johnson, the year he had that record with the yardage, had like five touchdowns, and Cooper Cup is like fifteen or fourteen. Right. So I, can we also mention that Matt Stafford is a connecting tissue here? Oh shit! You're right. Uh, I'm just gonna say that today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, seven three, points. Anyway, three fix. I, he was a big, huge dud this week, but overall this season he's been awesome. All right, I, I I'll end my rant on Cooper Cup, but I just want to say this: like, legit is one of the best receiving seasons of our lifetime. So it's pretty crazy. Wasn't it Devonte Adams like last year or no two years ago who set the all-time record for fantasy points by a wide receiver? All right, you know what, you DK, I'm going to throw to you for the next person. I'm going to look all this up as, we, look it up as we go here. All right. I don't know off the top of my head, to be honest. All right, the other person I want to put in this category, in terms, and again, going back to Heifetz's uh, pun, dragging you, dragging you to the championship award, uh, Mark Andrews from the Ravens. Absolutely just went off again today. Uh, the last three weeks, he's now scored 27 points, 36 points, 29 points. He has 29 receptions, 376 yards, and four touchdowns in that stretch. It hasn't mattered who the uh, quarterback is gone, has been over the last three weeks. Um, and, or Sorry, the last four, three or four weeks. And he's just been really, really consistent, big-time gamer. And for people that had him, like big he's... Big-time gamer. The the type <laughs> of, like, the distance between him and, like, all the other tight ends, it feels like, too, is just absolutely absurd. Maybe, you know, like, Kelsey didn't play this week, but Kelsey was close last week. But, like, oh, other than that, like, he's just been lapping the field at tight end. Well, I mean, what's crazy is he had more... Fa- Mark, Mark Andrews has more fantasy points this week than, like, George Kittle, Gronk, Dawson Knox, Hunter Henry, like, combined. And that doesn't include Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, and TJ Hawkinson not playing. I mean, yeah, tight end... Been- He's Incredible. a wasteland, and Mark Andrews literally is better than just about everyone at the position you even consider starting, other than Kyle Pitts combined. He's been good. I wonder. I'm. I'll be curious to see like what percentage of teams that win every, like win it all this year, have Mark Andrews on their team because, like, obviously we talk about that. The percentage of like pl- uh, playoff teams that have X player or whatever, 
Mark Andrews does feel like a legit league winner. I found up the Cooper Cup stats. Holy cow. All right. Um, this is wild. So he had, I'm looking at PPR right now. And this is every receiver ever in NFL history, despite PPR points. Cooper Cup had 20 today, right? 109 plus 10. So 21 points, basically. So Cooper Cup, with one week to go. Is he already in first? Is in second. Jerry Rice, 95, is number one (laughs) with 414. Now, we're including 16 games here, which usually count week 17, whatever. Like, we got to, just including the full season. Four, he's already in second place with a game to go with 390. So if you were to get 24 points next week, he would have the most ever in his 16-game span. Wow. wow. That's crazy. And he's and to be clear, he's already passed 07 Randy Moss, already passed 02 Marvin Harrison, already passed 2019 Michael Thomas, and already passed Antonio, all of Antonio Brown's best seasons. Yeah, so it's, a, it's an all-time season, in other words. like It, it feels like it, and it actually is. It. Yeah, that's insane. Okay. Not quite an all-time season, but an all-time like waiver ad for the playoffs. <laughs> Justin Jackson today. Yeah. He went off. So I was like expecting 60% Eckler or whatever. You know, he was just like 100% Eckler. He looked really good. Justin Jackson did. Um, 11 rushes, 64 yards, two touchdowns. He added eight catches for 98 yards, 30, 34 PPR points. He paced the Chargers in, ke- in receiving yards and rushing yards. Like he was their offense today. Yeah, and um, we thought that they were just going to kill Houston and run the ball a ton. It turns out that didn't really happen, but it still worked out. I mean, it's actually probably better for him that they didn't because then he got all those re- uh, receiving yards. And so, yeah, I mean, Justin Jackson, big-time ad. I'm glad that we were pushing him this morning on the green room because uh, he really, really delivered. And I don't know. It, it might just be one of those one-week things because Eckler could come back for next week. But I didn't get um, to see a ton of this game. How did the Chargers lose to the Texans? Like, I, I, I saw Herbert in a couple of bad picks, but what happened? Davis Mills. The, the Texans you can't are explain than, Davis yeah. Mills. <laughs> the only thing I ever think about the Texans is anytime they're beating a team like the Chargers, it cuts to Lovey Smith with his like Santa Claus beard on the side. And I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, he's doing that. <laughs> uh, here's how they won. Rex Burkhead, you guys. Rex oh, my Burkhead. God. Talk about the, the weird flex, but OK. Rex Burkhead is the running back three today. Yeah, you, you, we're doing the fabulous award, right? F-A-A-B. The thing about Rex is he ain't on this list because nobody picked him up. No one's starting Rex Burkhead this week. And unfortunately, he was like the RB3, which usually happens every once in a while. Uh, miserable that it happens in the semifinals of fantasy playoffs. Can you imagine if you lost your fantasy semis to the guy who picked up Rex Burkhead? Well, what sucks is if you do have Rex Burkhead, he's probably just sitting on your bench and that's even a worse feeling when you're like, ah, I started Saquon. <laughs> Yeah, idiot. You started Saquon over Rex Burkett. What a loser. <laughs> this is the one fatal flaw, though, of fantasy. Wouldn't you say that the free agent random pickup in week 16 and it wins you your week and now you're under the fantasy championship when you're playing the guy who drafted smart, his guys have been healthy all year, he did the right <laughs> thing, and then a couple of his guys get COVID. You're, the shitty friend you're playing picks up Justin Jackson and now he's in the championship. That's I mean, the let's one be real. flaw of fantasy. Let's be real. The wrong teams are winning this year. Like, no doubt. Like, like I am the in a championship. I'm in a championship this year with a team that I basically started almost wholly of people I picked up off of waivers. Like, I, I don't know what <laughs> what rule. Maybe like waivers should only get half of the points they actually score because it's just not should fair. Be like what are we going to talk yeah. about for this season? 
Here, so here's the deal. I, I don't think we're going to have to... The thing is, though, we won't have to worry about this every year because this is certainly a very unique season with uh, the COVID outbreaks that have been happening. Obviously, this is... And the the amount of uh, guys, the amount of players that have gone on the COVID list over the last like week, week two weeks is way actually higher than it was last year even um, with this Omicron variant. So, um, you know, hopefully we won't have to deal with this again next year. I, you know, obviously can't see the future, oh. but... Um, I do think this is a outlier season in that sense because, look, typically injuries make for a lot of variance in the playoffs. There's always a lot of playoff variance. The best team doesn't always win. When you go into the the your league's playoffs, like you actually you have like a worse, you have a bad chance of winning. Honestly, I get what you're saying, but the the NFL this year especially, man. I get what you're saying because the NFL has decided to treat COVID like an injury. The problem is this year the injuries are contagious. And that's not normal. And so Literally, we have to yeah. we have to have this conversation. Eventually, we're going to do it right now because this week was crazy. We're talking about Rex Perkins, the running back three, and like Justin Jackson's replacing Eckler. Travis Kelsey isn't playing. Is there an asterisk if you win this year? Like, we have to talk about this. <laughs> like, if you win your league, it's because of your grit and your determination and you persevered when everyone else could not. If you lost, eh. you kind of put an asterisk on the season. Right? <laughs> I think you could, you could put an asterisk in like your... Your ego. No, like if so you like, win, no, like you're fine. not doing that. But everyone else is putting it. Like in real sports, I actually think the champ, the COVID championships are more impressive. Like the, the NBA bubble and like all those things, I think they're more impressive. The fantasy ones are and I, like undeniably less impressive to me. I mean, like half your team in Weed 16 is like a bunch of randos you picked up last week and now you're in the championships. That's not how it should be. This is wrong. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird, <laughs> man. And like, I'm benefiting from like it's just I we have to I don't know we just it's we have to be honest with ourselves. This is kind of messed up. <laughs> also, there's a lot of chicanery going on now because there's the waiver wire is so important, and then a lot of guys who aren't in the playoffs are still adding guys because they don't want to they want to like you know affect the playoff team, so they're just like randomly adding Justin Jackson when they don't have to <laughs> trying right? to fuck people over. Yeah, just a lot more chicanery. Sounds like a personal problem, Craig. You wanted Justin <laughs> Jackson, and someone else got him. Yeah, Craig's calling <laughs> shenanigans. Burrow screwed me last week, so it doesn't matter. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. I want to just shout out while we're talking about waiver ads that just shift the playoffs dude. the Cowboys defense. We're recording this in the middle of the Cowboys Washington game because we were like, honestly, the- fuck this game. We're going to start recording. It was like fit. We, we decided that when it was like 42 to seven. Now it's 56 or whatever. I stopped checking the score. The All game is the- over. It was 56 to 14. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad. Dak I- had 320 yards and four touchdowns at half. I think. That's crazy. I, I, I'll put it this way with the Cowboys-Washington game. The Washington defensive tackles or the defensive linemen got in a, in a fight argument because they gave up too many touchdowns and then gave up like two more touchdowns before halftime. Can you imagine <laughs> yeah. giving up two touchdowns help. after your argument about too many touchdowns? Being Those given are up? college teammates and they threw a punch. Tough oh, times. dude, you spend that much time Tough. with anyone Tough. from college. And that, if you spend that much time with your like your college roommate and then you go into work with them like for like, four, come on, something's going to happen. 
Yeah, right. You can't work with somebody you also are friends with. Doesn't work like that. That's why none of us are friends. It works out really well. Anyway, Cowboys D, number one defense this week. Number two, depending on your scoring. But well, no, this week is number one. Number two last week. Number two the week before that. Number three the week before that. They're literally our top three defense each week in December. Not only that, I'd like to look up. I should have. I just thought of this now, but I just want to look up how they did just overall. Uh, against any position in the last four weeks. I bet you they're just, they're, oh, they're, they're like one. Alvin Kamara, Cooper Cup in the last four weeks. Seriously. They're Seriously. averaging like 20 oh, a game. Are you going to do that? It's actually really funny to look up. Yeah, let me give it a shot here. Do they include defenses though? I don't know if they do. If I, I'm, I'm doing all, but I think all is only offense. Well, oh, I can do this quick. We have the technology. I'm going to let you know right now that this is possible. <laughs> we have technology. That's a SpongeBob. Hi, did you remember that episode? Yeah, I did. We I have to go. And they bang the computer on the on the piece of paper. <laughs> oh, I can tell you right now, the Cowboys in the last, like not counting this week, were wow. Not counting this week, Dallas was like the fifteenth player. But now <laughs> that if you, but that includes like Roethlisberger's ahead of them, and Jonathan Taylor. Wow. So you give them twenty points. They passed Roethlisberger. They passed Taylor. They passed Taysom Hill. Oh my God! They passed Kittle. So borderline top 10 player. No, holy shit. They passed a lot of people. One, two, three, four. This is riveting. They're a top 10, maybe. They're probably like a top 11 player over the last four weeks. The Cowboys defense. That seems to always happen too every year in fantasy. There's one guy who gets real lucky with the defense that just rips off four back-to-back 20-point, you know, runs. Uh, Yeah, I think so. That's, that's, so anyway, the Cowboys defense just has been insane. Speaking of like the opposite of this, which is, What's one thing to get or go against the guy who just picked up Justin Jackson and the Cowboys D and just those two people drop like 65 points on you. But then if you have like James Robinson who gets one point and then gets an Achilles injury and then boom, they're gone. It's the first quarter. You have to go like 45 like, minutes. There's like with no chance that they're fi- coming back. Either. No chance. They're out, out 53 <laughs> minutes. It's like the Ned Stark award. <laughs> it's like that's Ned Stark. Like I thought we were going to be together for a while here. Don't yeah. get and attached. It, way too much time on my hands. Like, and you're just not coming back. Like fifty. I have fifty one minutes left in this game with James Robinson. Just not going to move from that one point oh. Uh, yeah. There's, that's there's probably nothing worse in fantasy than your guy getting hurt in the first quarter. So can I ask you serious on that? Well, I, I just want to throw out also Miles Sanders had like another kind of branch of this where he had five points and left, but James Robinson was worse. Here's my question. And I mean this earnestly. If they can sub in real life football, why can't we sub in fantasy football? It's an interesting question. I because I, here's my real answer. Like I know people are gonna jump down my throat and be like, Ooh, here's the real answer. When Bill Simmons and all the olds started playing fantasy football like 35 years ago, that was not possible because they mailed each other their freaking rosters. You did it over the mail, and then you add up the box scores the next day. Yeah, but just because it wasn't possible doesn't mean that's what they wanted to do. That's my point. It's like, that's how it was. If it was, it, But now that we're in this evolved game, if James Robbins gets hurt, does it really make sense that you're not allowed to sub him out? Well, aren't you just describing best ball? Yeah. No, it's not quite. It's pretty much, though. No, but there has to be a mechanism. You like want to add oh, his points time. together with the backup? I don't know. I don't know the system. I'm li- I'm not at all pretending to have this totally flushed out. It sounds like an off-season episode for us. We have right. to figure this out. I would it just, say so. Email yeah. us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com if you have a solution to this, whether funny or serious. But there has to be some way 
that you can like, like it's stupid, quite honestly, that the real Jaguars can sub in for James Robinson and your fantasy t- football team cannot. It's kind of stupid. I mean, it's not a terrible idea that, you know, if your player actually gets ruled out for the game, that should you be, should be allowed. Out. Yes. Then you should be able to sub somebody in at the same position. Maybe it's not a terrible idea. Let's hit up Yahoo. Yeah. Okay. Email us at reinfantasyfootball.gmail.com if you have an idea for that. Remember, the idea has to scale. Okay. But yeah, Ned Stark, James Robinson. Sorry about that. Okay, uh, staying in the same vein of Game of Thrones here. Uh, my next award is called the Game of Thrones Season 8 Award, and I'm giving this to Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, the Denver running backs. So it was all going real smooth. First seven seasons, I did the last seven weeks of the season. They've been averaging 14 and 15 <laughs> points a game. Weeks 15 and 16, playoff time, not crunch time. Three points per game for Melvin and nine for Javante. They torched <laughs> us. They screwed I us. I think especially, especially Melvin. Melvin is the episode of, of season eight where the guy literally runs back from like beyond the wall in like the the in the period of a one episode or like even less than that. He like literally runs like 100 miles or whatever it is, <laughs> like saves everyone. No, no, no. But like, this is ridiculous. No, oh, here Melvin we go. Gordon. Here we go. He had zero. He had zero yards today. Negative, he had negative four rushing four receiving. He had zero total wow. yards. That's the coffee cup. Nah, the, the that's Starbucks the, the cup, cup they left, left in the show. Oh, okay. that, that's Melvin Gordon today. I forgot about yeah, that. Between the two of them today, they had eight rushing yards. That's crazy. The team had 18 and 10 of them were Drew Locke. Couldn't have killed you more in the two most important weeks of the year. 15 points oh, a game the last seven speaking weeks. Speaking of that, you guys, I, I, I saw this stat. This is from Mike Clay. The Broncos had 40 offensive plays today. That's the fewest by any offense in a single game this season. It's tied for the ninth fewest in any game since 2010. So they ran they Holy ran 40 shit. plays. That's like probably I, w- I would guess the Cowboys ran at least 40 plays in the first half this in in the game against Washington. Cowboys had 40 like, Cowboys had 49 points in the second half in the first half. <laughs> 49 yeah. points. Can, can I give you another stat? Plays. Can I give you an, that's crazy actually. Uh can I give you another stat? This one's yeah. from ESPN. So he's from ESPN stats and info. Denver's ball carriers were hit at or behind the line of scrimmage on 13 of their 16 run plays. That means basically the three of us could have accomplished the same thing as Melvin Gordon today. Well, you probably, we probably would have hurt. had more yards because we probably would not have <laughs> lost negative four on the first one. And then we would have just gotten hurt on the first play. Right. Yeah. One rush, zero yards, couple broken ribs. No, 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 I wouldn't get back to the line of scrimmage. I would get, I, I could get negative. I could lose two yards on a, on a, on a listen, on a I just want to say it right now, carry. there's a hole. I, I could, I could get there, get a yard or two. Bullshit. There's a hole. Zero okay. fucking chance. If there's a hole, <laughs> I'm just running. I, no, you need a gaping hole. I don't think you have to set that would hurt up. A my, hole. I would tear my hamstring. Like you have to set. Yeah. First of all, let me tell you something. I did a Peloton thing too hard today, and like my foot hurts right by the balls <laughs> of my feet because I was. Oh my god. Oh wow. Okay. I thought I had plantar fasciitis, and then I flashed back to when Tony Pollard had it. And I thought it was plantar fascist, and I was like, Oh man, what's with him? I don't think I said uh, that on the pod. I think that was between us. <laughs> anyway, all right. Enough of the, the come up with fascists. a transition for this. I've no. All right, <laughs> I've no transition. He's got nothing. Uh, and I did this last week, pod. This is the Cal Naughton Jr. You're wrecking my life award. <laughs> and also, by the way, that's what uh, Ricky Bobby says that to Cal, well, no, Cal wait, Naughton wait, Jr. We have to explain this to Craig because remember the scene where. Last week when you were gone, Craig, remember the scene in Ricky Bobby when Ricky Bobby comes home and Cal has his wife and Cal has the kids and Cal is living He's in his like house. He's like moved into his house. He's like, I've been <laughs> gone for four hours. 
<laughs> we were like, that was Duke Johnson with Miles Gaskin. Like, Miles Gaskin is this great game against the Jets set up. And then Duke Johnson has like literally the best game of his career. And we're like, you stole my life, Cal. <laughs> You're wrecking my life. <laughs> this is this week. So obviously, uh, Duke Johnson's handing over the torch here to Sony Michelle. And actually, Sony Michelle kind of did this before Duke Johnson. He's done it over the last like three, four weeks. Uh, Sony Michelle is basically just taking over for Daryl Henderson. Uh, he has more or less Wally pipped him at this point. Henderson did get hurt a little bit today, but before that, Sony Michelle was dominating uh, carries. He was dominating snaps, all that. 27 carries, 131 yards, one touchdown, 20 points in PPR. Um, and I think Michelle, from a fantasy football point of view, like he just, or sorry, from a real football point of view, he just brings like a different element. He is He's like a better. grinder. He's better as what I think, you know, Sean McVay wants him to be, what's his, wants his offense to be, where he can grind out yards, he can break tackles, he can turn what should be like a one-yard loss into like a three-yard game kind Sean of thing. Sean McVay's offense wants running backs to be better, and Sony's better. You know? <laughs> yes. So, Sean very McVay's offense very wants unique the, to sh- He wants the Sean most McVay. yards he can get. What a genius. A genius. He's just an offensive genius. He wants better players in his When offense. Craig went to McVay's house, that was like the grand thing he revealed. McVeigh was yeah, like, you know yeah. what the secret is? I was is? like, listen, More yards. How, like, how do you do it? Like, well, how do you really, really do it? He's like, you want to know the secret, Craig? He's like, yards. Actually, as many as you can get. We're, we're fucking, we're fucking around and we're joking around, but like coaches Actually, playing no. their best players. <laughs> I'm, I'm being like hundred percent serious is like an edge for a coach. Like play, <laughs> playing your best players is Dude, that something was, that like the best coaches do. And the worst the coaches Lombardi's. actually don't. Dude, back when Lombardi worked here, Lombardi said that all the time. Like sometimes some teams are a couple injuries away from a really good team. It's true, <laughs> dude. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. A, I'm being 100 serious. Like you can get an edge by actually playing your best players as a coach. Dude, um, the Giants were playing Nate Solder at left tackle for like months because they honestly because anyway. they paid him money or what? It's kind of the same way in fantasy. Like I, if you have Yo, Saquon wow, Barkley every week and you have Tony Pollard on your bench, you're like, I'm not starting Tony Pollard. Like, That's so true. It is week. like that in fantasy. You know? And eventually you got to be like, fuck it. Tony Pollard is bettered. Like, what am I going to do? Play Chase Edmonds over Saquon? Yeah, you should. Anyway. Yeah. Sony Michelle. Daryl Henderson had one carry today. I know he got hurt, but like, this is Sony's job. But I think the interesting, the, the real Cal Naughton, like, you're wrecking my life. All the, run- this happened, this wasn't just Sony. That was like all the running backs who used to share, like, they all have to slingshot, shake and bake for someone else. And then they got <laughs> to be number one. They're like, I like going fast. Like Sony Michelle out Daryl Henderson, Devin Singletary, who is no oh, yeah. longer sharing anything with Zach Moss and Matt Breida did it. Devin Singletary is good. Damian Harris without Ramondre, Chase Edmonds without James Conner, mm-hmm. Nick Chubb without Kareem Hunt, Alex Madison, uh, Dalvin Cook. All of those guys were like top 12 running backs. I mean, we're not breaking any ground by saying that giving a, one running back all the carries is better for fantasy. But like it did all happen in one. It week. just was the theme that it just was like if you look yeah. at the top twelve, two thirds of it are guys that usually were splitting with someone and then did not have to this week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Love the it. longest lasting theory in fantasy football, at least in the modern age, is like running backs don't matter. <laughs> it's like pretty true. It is true, and like <laughs> honestly, I hate to say this because Austin Eckler is one of the more likable people in the entire league, including fantasy, because he literally said, "Pick up Justin Jackson." Yeah, he told us. Yeah. Like Austin Eckler literally like said, told Dawson Knox in, on a video was like, hey, pick up Justin Jackson. And he was right. And that's actually the whole problem. Anyway, <laughs> my God, I was gone for three hours, except the game he's was like, three hours. Like the he's running calling him up. How do you, Todd Gurley to CJ Anderson. <laughs> I was gone for lap. three hours. 
Oh my God. Okay, wait, keeping up with this, I do want to mention Tyree Kill and Byron Pringle. Oh my God. Okay, yes. Tyree Kill, without Travis Kelsey, in the semifinals of the fantasy playoffs, going up against Pittsburgh, who's been getting torched, puts up 2.9 points. Pringle has 75 yards and a touchdown. McCole Hardman has a touchdown. Tyree Kill, I went back and looked, had the single worst fantasy game of his entire career where he started a game and played the full game without getting hurt. No the single shit. worst game Jeez. of his career. You serious? Wow. Yep, God. as a starter. 2.9. Just, wow. just ruined it. <laughs> also, just you, ruined know the, it. you know what the funny thing about this game is, other than the Steelers having, I would say the worst, I thought it was the first worst half of the 20 years. I'm in Pittsburgh right now. I'm doing this for Christmas. I'm in, I'm in Pittsburgh for the Christmas time. And I asked, like, is this the worst first half of, like, your lifetime for the Steelers. And they were like, no, do you remember like a month ago when they tied the Lions? <laughs> also, this feels like, also, how about the playoffs last year against the Browns? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah, that one too. Wow, the Steelers just suck. But this is every that, half. The funny thing about this Chiefs-Steelers game was I feel like we have all been waiting for some combo of Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, Michael Hardman to do like anything in a game yeah. together. Not yeah. like two catches for 80 yards and a touchdown, like actually have a game. And we'd all just been like, well, that'll never happen. And then they finally did. I was, I was, when I was watching that game, I was like, obviously, you know, in the fantasy community, I think everyone's wanted Nicole Hardman to be a thing ever since he was drafted in the second round. Like, and he caught a pass and, and he took off. And I was like, this guy's acceleration is like 0 0.01. Like he's like the 99th percentile accelerator in the world probably <laughs> and i'm just yeah, like this guy's probably. so fast i i completely kind of get why the chiefs took him so high um it just it, it doesn't help that he's like generally not a very good receiver like he's just too raw or whatever and so maybe that's never going to happen but like i do i did find myself thinking like god i'm still sort of like hooked on like the what if what could be with miko hardman i'm not gonna lie I, I still shout out hayden winks at underdog who suggested this i still for the life of me don't know why the Chiefs couldn't throw a fifth rounder of the Jets for Jamison Crowder because Jamison, like, like that's what they need. Like, they have all these yeah. fast people built for this offense that's big plays. And once these defenses limit the Chiefs to these dink and dunk plays, they don't have the personnel anymore to do these underneath things. They need someone like a Crowder to like get open immediately. Like Steelers with Deontay Johnson, except if Roethlisberger weren't like a walking corpse. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I, I, Hill having the worst game of his career that he finished is pretty wild. So what, what do the kids out. say? Don't the, don't the kids in Talladega Nights go two Christmases? Okay, I love Next the way word. my kids are talking to you, Chip. <laughs> <laughs> Three more medals off the bridge. I love the way my kids are talking to you. <laughs> Next category here. Next award. This is called the. Are those sad tissues or happy tissues award? This is from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. This is for Saquon Barkley. So listen, this, the, the reason why I'm assigning it this quote from this movie is you might be sad because you likely didn't make the playoffs. And if you did, you certainly lost this week if you have Saquon on your team. So you may be sad, but you know what? They should be happy tissues because it's, it's over. It's finally <laughs> over. You never have to go through this again. Okay? This is the final year. Go on a vacation. Forget Sarah Marshall. Forget Saquon Barkley. Like, we're done. I don't think there were many happy tissues in that movie. Just want to throw that out. That's true. Well, you know, finished happy. But, I, so to speak. 
it, it just never again, you know, like I think we're done. If, if, you know, it's reportedly Joe judge and Daniel Jones are coming back next year. It's just, just it's over. Find a new show. <laughs> I gotta admit, I'm like Play that clip. I'm pretty sad about Saquon Barkley. Still, I gotta admit it, dude. Saquon. Okay, I know that I was like really wrong about Mike Davis. Can I just like get one one bone here for being right on Saquon? I yeah, flagellate yeah. myself yeah. every week about Mike Davis. Saquon was a like a disaster, and I it's awful. Like his career has been a disaster. The Giants so, are a disaster. Everything about this is awful. And here's the thing. It's easy to blame Gettleman. It's easy to blame the Giants. Um, we're doing that. J- they hired Jason Garrett. This franchise is pathetic. They are genuinely one of the three worst teams in the entire NFL every week. I actually don't think they'd be favored against any team in the NFL the rest of the season. All they might be said, the worst team in the league. You're 100% right. I think, I, I think they are because even the, the Lions or the Jaguars, the like, <laughs> like Mike Glenn and Jake from Giants are not being favored, I, 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 even against the Jaguars. Having said that, I'm not. I'm not going to go into. It. I just Saquon's disappointed. I'm not. Gonna, I'm. I'm going to go into a whole rant can, right now. Can I read to you guys the Saquon experience? This has been his year. I'm going to read little little notes from his year. Six games with eight or less points. Five games missed due to injury. Three games with 17 or more. That is exactly who Saquon is on this Giants team. He's like the damn Christmas Carol song. The four shitty weeks, three weeks hurt, two decent games. Like that is Saquon. <laughs> Saquon has been outplayed by Devontae Booker. He this year he's been outplayed by Wayne Gallman two years ago, like last year. And like here's the reality for what like Saquon is a three true outcome player. He's like Joey Gallo. He just home runs, strikeouts, and walks, and he has no home runs after that. Not even the ACL. He has not hit home runs since his high ankle sprain two years ago. He doesn't hit. There are no 40-yard runs anymore from Saquon. And he he does, he's like a home run hitter without power. He just walks and strikes out and every ball gets caught at the warning track and he's just not a great player anymore. And if he goes to another team and if he finds like the Saints or someone and goes somewhere else and he's incredible, good for him. He's just not a good giant right now. He's a great giant, but he's not a good player. This team sucks. And in fantasy, he has been one of the most disappointing players in recent memory. Don't you guys think that the last few weeks of a fantasy season decide how you think about a player going into next season? 100%. You have that recency bias that sits with you. Saquon, the last two weeks, said seven and three points. Ruined yeah. your year. No one who has him this year is going to have any interest in getting him next year. I don't. He's going to be like a fourth or fifth rounder. I don't know what <laughs> he's going to be. Here's the thing. This is the real award for him. I think we got to put Saquon in the burn book. We have to. You're right. He just had, you have to. Did he have three points there or four in the playoffs? Three, three points yeah. against and the it's Eagles. seven the week before. I mean, I think he has to go in the burn book. Like, I know it's like Mike Lennon, it's from whatever. There's a lot of other players playing with shitty people who are doing just fine. He's, he's being outplayed by other people on his team. Like multiple other receivers. <laughs> multiple running back. people, yes. I wish I wasn't wearing this fucking shirt. <laughs> that's, how, that's how every Saquon owner feels. <laughs> I mean, wish I wasn't I starting wanna, this like, fucking running back. Here, but should we just le- read the list of running backs who had more points than Saquon today? No, that's like gonna be no, fifty people. No, 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 no. Like, like the ones who, like, you know, which ones I'm talking about. Oh, like the randos. Yeah, the randos. The most. Read the most random ones that had more. points. Amir Abdullah. Oh my god. Amir Abdullah. Yikes. Brandon Bolden. Oh my. Jamichael Hasty. Oh my god. Elijah Penny, who's the Giants' fullback. Come on. Are you serious? <laughs> Kyle Uzcheck, who's the Niners' fullback. Craig Reynolds. God damn it. Devontae Booker, <laughs> Craig Reynolds, Barber. Craig, 
Craig Reynolds, who hosts this podcast. And then the worst one of all, Mike Davis. Yes. I was actually going to ask you that, Heifetz. While you were talking, I was like, Mike Davis might have scored more points than Saquon over the last like he, month. He did, man. Oh, my God. Oh, my. Anyway, okay. Saquon's in the bird book. One note about Mike Davis and Saquon. Mike Davis, I know he's been healthier than Saquon, but he only has uh, eight less points than him this year. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's how bad uh, Saquon's been. It just makes me sad. Makes me very sad. I, 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 that's the, the most, dis, that's the most, dis, God. Which one of us three is going to zag next year and talk themselves into Saquon? Because it's going to be, gonna be me. It's going to be me for sure. <laughs> I already, I can already tell you. You know why? Because be DK is a draft guy and the draft guys watch the college tape and then don't forget to watch them in the freaking NFL. Yeah. And I've watched Saquon well, in the I don't NFL. forget to watch them. I'm just, sh- I, just, I just think the Giants are shitty. I have Please watched just get it Saquon. No, while we're here, we're joking about it. the real. The real issue is Saquon. What DK in one sentence? Why is Saquon like the, this generational prospect? Uh, rare athleticism, rare and, and, explosion. And he's big and he's fast and agile, right? Right. He's right. everything. He doesn't play big. That's that's the the real thing. Like he doesn't do what Zeke does, which is Zeke muscles up and just it, hits it you. Is, he doesn't lower his shoulder to get five yards, like ever. Like up the middle, the dirty run. If there's a chance to bounce the run, he does. He doesn't just take the three yards and be like, I want something positive. And the Giants line being bad, like exacerbates that because he's like, oh, I got to hit home runs because we need plays. But like he thinks like a quarterback. He's like a quarterback who's trying to throw like 60 yard touchdowns. But he's as a running back. Or, you know, he's like a quarterback who never slides. But I bet you his entire life he's been able to juke everybody and break exactly. off those runs. Exactly. It's like the running back version of what Josh Allen was the first couple of years where he's trying to do too much. Like that Texans game where Josh, in the playoffs where Josh Allen's like making all these crazy yeah. plays. It's like his whole life his team's needed him to do this. That's Saquon. And as a rookie, it worked. That's why he does crazy stuff yeah. now. Same with Carson Wentz. What happened to Carson Wentz? That second year, third down, he's doing all this crazy stuff and it works and they almost and he's like going to win MVP. Tears his ACL. We don't talk about this. The emailer pointed out Wentz loses some athleticism with the ACL and then also got lucky that year and then regresses and also has some injury. And then he did, but the, the mentality that got him there of do a lot all the time doesn't work and they don't know how to adjust. You're doing too much. You're, you're doing, doing too much. much. Just do less. <laughs> no, now you're not doing anything at all. It all comes back. Do you think he can get, do you think he can learn to just be like a more of a North South runner? Well, the problem is he probably needs coaching. Like, it's not like he's some lost cause. He's an awesome dude. Like, uh, Giants fans love Saquon as a human being. It's just like Jason Garrett was his freaking coach. And like, Jason Garrett, what is his qualification? He he inherited, like, he has the best offensive line. He had Zeke. He had Dak. He had Romo. Like, I don't think necessarily Saquon was getting the best coaching points. And also, he did have a terrible offensive line. So that was probably reinforcing his need to look for things. I think if Saquon went somewhere else, he'd look incredible. My theory is that the Giants are going to be like the new uh, Adam Gase team where anybody that gets mm-hmm. off the Giants is going to be like incredible. It's going to be I awesome. Think that's like Evan Ingram smart. is going to go to some other team next year and put up a thousand yards. <laughs> They're all misused. No, you're right. Kadarius Tony's the best receiver in yeah. the league. I'm like, convinced. look at what Galladay has done. Like Galladay went from the Lions and now he is literally like, you, he he's had, I don't Doesn't know, two catches a game or something like that. Like it's like, been absolutely terrible. This our left tackle sucks. has more touchdowns than Kenny Gallagher. It, it's kind of like <laughs> the the thing that we're worst at is 
picturing what would have been if they went somewhere else. Like if Jonathan Taylor and Saquon would switched, I think Saquon would be really freaking good in Indianapolis. That's what the Giants did wrong in a nutshell. They chose Saquon and Will Her- a- running back first round, Will Hernandez in the second. They could have had Quentin Nelson in the first round and Nick Chubb in the second. What would you rather have? I'm going to jump yeah. off a bridge. Anyway, let's get to, now that I'm soul crushed, uh, can we get to, I'm not mad, just disappointed? <laughs> yeah. Which really, in the semis, when you lose, it's it's like more of a soul-crushing loss, right? It's not just disappointment. It's not only am I mad, I'm soul-crushingly yes. disappointed. <laughs> we got? I think generally the city of Los Angeles is known for soul-crushingness. I think Stafford and Herbert being bad this week were soul-crushing. Keenan Allen was bad. But really, it's the Chargers defense. Like, we recommended yeah, they, what them. What the hell? They I threw the Chargers out. They had ne- Texans, Davis Mills, good matchup. They had negative points. The Chargers did negative points. This is up there. This is up there with like Tyreek Hill getting two points. <laughs> Especially Honestly. if you were between the Chargers and the Eagles, and the Eagles had like eighteen or thirteen, or whatever. It's basically an eighteen-point swing if you had the, if you chose the Chargers over the Eagles. That's soul crushing. There's something up with Houston, man. There's something up with this team. I'm not mad. They're the weirdest I'm team in the mad. league. I'm not mad at the Chargers. Actually, you know what? I am mad. That's awful. Why did you do that? <laughs> anyway, what happened to your umbrella? Got flipped, turned upside down. God damn it! All right. Uh, I'm not mad at George Kittle. I know George Kittle's one of the best tight ends in the league, perhaps ever, but I'm soul-crushingly disappointed in his performance this week. He played a little bit earlier. He played Thursday, so people might not remember, but he had uh, 21 yards, 3.1 points. He's been averaging 17 a game since coming back from his injury, lighting the world on fire. And this week, guys named John Bates and Tommy Tremble outscored him. (laughs) (laughs) Tommy Tremble outscored him? Uh, you made up those names. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I didn't. Or did I? I didn't. No, those are real goddamn people. John Bates and Tommy Tremble. It sounds like kids I went to elementary school with. <laughs> it's like Rugrats. Not Austin Hooper. <laughs> yeah. a way to make fun of Tommy Pickles. Yeah, so George Kittle and, and Tyreek are kind of up there in that elite category of just guys who totally disappointed you when it mattered the most. Uh, uh, good, you know, hats off to you if you made it through the semis with this Kittle week. I, uh... I need to issue an apology. Mm. I told some people to bench Amon Ross St. Brown. I'm going to instead issue the Allen Robinson Memorial Quarterback Proof Award for Amon Ross St. Brown. I was worried that Tim Boyle was quarterbacking for the Lions because he had, what, 77 yards the last time he started? So I, mean, I think nervous. it was a legitimate worry. It was a legitimate worry. Amon Ross St. Brown had 26 fantasy points today. I don't really know how that works because Tim Boyle had like nine. <laughs> Another reason people are dumb. But Amara St. Brown, nine catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown. Speaking, we were talking about the Cowboys over the last month. Here's Amara St. Brown over the last month. Here are the players who have, the receivers, who have more fantasy points than Amara St. Brown in the last four weeks. It's Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, and Justin Jefferson. Wow. Those are the only receivers who have more fantasy points than Amara St. Brown. That's a great poll. Man. Legitimate league winner for Amara St. St. Brown. Like when we say league winner, that's what we mean. You just pull a Devontae Adams out of your ass. Sometimes being kind of a half-ass fantasy football player actually works because the guy who just checks in the day before <laughs> and he doesn't even know who's starting for the Lions probably started a Monroe. He's like, oh, he's been good. I'm going to play him. Yeah. Look, you had a lot that week. You had a lot that week, a lot the week before. And then you got the guy who's listening to our show and everybody else's show. And they're overthinking like it. They're like, ah, it's Tim Boyle. I can't start a Monroe. And of course, you got to get The other person's like, sometimes. well, Tim Boyle sucks, but Jared Goff sucks too. So who cares? <laughs> uh, I mean, that's valid, actually. Uh, 
Amon Ra, he's doing really well. Uh, for whatever reason, well, I know the reason. I, I was just thinking about the Bass Pro Shop in Memphis again. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> We've been getting a lot of tweets about that. Recently. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was a couple of tweets that went uh, that went viral or whatever that were, this is like someone was talking about the skyline of Cairo or whatever. Like, I know that Cairo is big or whatever, but the fact they have two Bass Why Pro do you shops, have two? <laughs> it's like the pyramids, the real pyramids. <laughs> Did I, say, did I say Cairo right? Cairo. I feel like I said it wrong. You did, I think. <laughs> anyway, Amon Ra. <laughs> Speaking of Sun God. St. Brown. Uh, yeah. Is it going to be boring if I go back to football stats for Amon Ra? Because I actually want to throw two other things at you. Yeah. In the history of the Detroit Lions, players with eight catches in four consecutive games are Amon Ra, St. Brown, and Calvin Johnson. Come on. Jesus. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's awesome. Another That's a good one. stat. Amon Ra, St. Brown. Four straight games with 14 and a half PPR points. The rookie receivers who've done that. Four straight games with 14 and a half PPR points. The only rookies who've done that in 10 years. Odell, Brandon Ayuk, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen. It's a good list. It's a good group to be with. Like, like there's a lot of a lot of lists. Anyway, it's just crazy stuff. He's I think he's like legit good. He he is he's outplaying his draft position. I think he was like a fourth rounder, which was a bit of a surprise to people. Um, but he's, he's kind of got that. I don't know how to explain it. He's just like a physical good route. Runner. He's almost like Cooper cup. Like he's just big physical and catches everything. I mean, I'm not, I'm not comparing him to Cooper cup quite yet, obviously, but like stylistically, I'm trying to figure out who he reminds me of. We, we need a stylistically. Oh man. Cause he's not, really he's not him. overly big, but he's physical. Is it like an Edelman? Tough. He's bigger. Yeah, than but he can play outside. That's like one of the reasons that he's uh, that he's been so good over the last like however long, a month and a half or whatever, is that he's been playing outside too. Like he started the season, he was playing like sixty percent of snaps because he was only slot, and now they've just been they've decided. Well, he's a very good player. Again, this goes back to the edge coaches can have just by playing their best players. Um, now they're just like, well, we're going to play him outside also because he's very good at everything, and he's better than. I don't even God. I don't even know who the freaking other Lions receivers are at this point. We Josh also need Reynolds. a word for like when the, the announcers have a cliche about a guy, but the cliche is just a lovable story, and like I don't want people to make fun of it. The Amon Ross St. Brown cliche, which is astonishing, is he took the SAT in three languages. Yeah, he speaks he's, English, uh, German, and French. His mother is German. And he took the SAT in all three. Yes, his mother's German. His dad was a Mister Universe. In the 1980s, uh, wow! He went to French school growing up, so he speaks German and French fluently, in addition to English. Um, and his brother's name is Equinamius. Also, by the way, his dad's name is John Brown, I believe. And I think the maybe part of the reason that he, his kids all have really cool names is that he just didn't like the fact that his name was John Brown, and he just added the Saint <laughs> to this to his last name because he thought it sounded cool. I actually love that. That's yeah. awesome. That is really cool. I'm all for people just like doing whatever they want with their names. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Spice it up. It's a bit. fake. Who yeah. cares? Well, all right. All right. Can we I want to come all the way back around to DK Metcalf. Remember how we all decided he was great? And he's been great. And now this year he's only really like he's just back to running three routes and he's not that great. Like it's weird that he doesn't have this full NFL route tree, right? Like it's strange. Well, I think what you're saying, I think there's a I'm kind of my initial reaction is like, okay, let's pump the brakes a little bit here. I'm just but asking I think questions you're right. here. 
I think you're. I'm just asking questions. I'm just asking uh, questions. No, uh, hi, hi, just getting <laughs> it's never been explained. I guess let me rephrase. It's never been explained to me how he just runs three routes, and that's like. Is that actually right, DK? No, He's still no, running no. just three routes. No, no, no. They've, they've expanded. They've expanded his route tree quite a bit from where they started because basically, Heifetz is right. When they first started out, and and when he played at Ole Miss, they were basically like, "Hey, run down the field on the left side and do that," because you're a four three guy who's two hundred thirty pounds and you can beat anybody that way. Um, but no, you're right. Like he, he is, I think, limited relative to some of the other elite receivers in the NFL right now. In the sense that it's it's not like he's utilized all over the field um, on a vast like variety of different routes, but also by the way, that could be quarterback related um, because Russell Wilson famously does not throw over the middle of the field. Like if you look at his passing charts, like Russell Wilson just refuses to throw it to the middle of the field. So that's part of that is like because he he seems the easiest great receiver to completely eliminate from a game, but is that Russ's fault? Yes. Partly, okay. I think, but also right. I would say, well, look, it's symbiotic. It, part of it is Russell Wilson stylistically, his skill set is not suited to like let DK Metcalf do a whole bunch of stuff over the middle field. DK Metcalf's skill set probably isn't that suited to do stuff over the middle field either. However, Russell Wilson's great at deep balls down the sideline, which is what DK Metcalf is great at. So they make each other great in that area, and then their deficiencies or inefficiencies or whatever in the middle of the field stuff, all that other stuff kind of compound on each other. So I think there's just, I mean, they're connected to each other. It's it's like any other receiver quarterback combination. Like, do we think Terry McLaurin is bad because he's having an off season? No, it's because his quarterback situation sucks this year with Russell Wilson and, P- and, and DK Metcalf. Like Wilson's in a terrible slump of late. DK Metcalf should have had probably two touchdowns last week. He probably should have had way more uh, receiving yards this week, but just like Wilson's been off and their Seahawks offense has been terrible and they've been running like the fewest amount of plays of any team in the NFL by a lot. Um, so there's just all these other variables. There's a gray area, Heifetz. What was that stat you said earlier today that the Seahawks defense has essentially played f- almost four more games than the offense has played? Yeah. I think, it was Brady. I think it was yeah. Brady Henderson from ESPN who pointed this out. Like the disparity in plays between the Seahawks offense and defense is like dramatic. This the de- Seahawks defense essentially, based on plays, has played like almost four more games than the Seahawks offense <laughs> this year. Like, and they're that is yeah. unforgivable. I know, it's crazy. That's that's. Uh, I, I feel the like Seahawks we'll, to we'll me. The Seahawks are almost as frustrating as the Giants. Like the Seahawks are bordering on the most annoying team. In the Our NFL. teams are all so bad. <laughs> it's really true. Like the Seahawks, Steelers, and Giants are all so pathetic. But you know what the difference is? Is we think we're better than we are. Like the Jags, the Jets, they know. Yeah, you know, we enter the season with an air of arrogance about us, where we kind of assume, well, this will be the year. Oh, we'll be fine. We're always fine. But in reality, we're no. I'm no better than the Houston Texans. The most right humbling <laughs> thing for me as a Giants fan has been realizing that yeah, we are on the we're we're we are we would be we deserve to be underdogs against the Lions. Like that would be good. Would you swap Daniel Jones for Davis Mills right now? Uh, I, yeah, because I don't know if Daniel Jones. What is he playing football again or what, man? What is like? <laughs> just if the Giants are yeah. lucky that they're so bad that this story went nowhere. But Daniel Jones is getting shut down for neck injury. Like what? Sorry, what? What was that? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. As much as we hate our teams, you guys like we hate. I hate the Seahawks. Haifa, you hate the Giants. Craig, you I hate do. the Steelers. Like the Jags are significantly worse. The Jags are the worst team in the in the NFL right now, and I don't think it's close. 
I just hate Ben for the record. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> to be clear. Yeah. I like everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> Craig loves Claypool, by the way. I do. This is yeah. basically just the airing of grievances. This was a Festivus episode. It's just the airing yeah. of grievances. I do like Claypool. I, actually, I hate Claypool. By the way, I I'm done with Claypool. Everybody went nuts. I like Claypool. Claypool. Everybody went nuts about him bragging after he like they were like in a time crunch and he got up and like did a little thing and everybody freaked out. Listen, I get it. He shouldn't have done no, that. No, 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 no. That was bad. Yes, it was bad. But I like, it's not the worst take. thing in the world. He didn't like punch his teammate. Like, yes, it was the worst thing in the world. There's going to be a UN <laughs> Human Rights Council tribunal on this. It was a mental lapse, and he made a dumb young mistake. Okay, yeah. it's like how you, you know, Odell's like pissing on in the end zone and getting flags. Like <laughs> I, people do this shit all the time. He they traded him after he did that. <laughs> he bragged the asked one him time about that in the meeting. How about they Ben traded him after that? How about if Ben doesn't throw him six hospital balls a game, then he won't brag when he finally catches one without getting no, hit. No, he doesn't throw hospital balls. Claypool just can't catch a pass and then stay on his feet. He has to fall like an action movie. <laughs> no, I'm team Claypool over Ben. I like Claypool. Yeah, no, all right, no shit. You, we'd give away Ben. Ben. Ben paid the team $10 million to stay the quarterback. Essentially, he did. God. So then they kept Juju, and then Juju sucked. Well, he got hurt. Nah, he still sucked. All right. This is the area of grievances. We, you want to go? DK, you have any grievances you want to air? No, that's it. I'm tired of, I'm tired of it. <laughs> DK's I'm good. good. I think DK's I aired them all. Good. Okay. Merry Festivus. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, uh, Mike. I was going to come up with other running backs, but yes. Thank you, Mike Wargon, for producing <laughs> this episode. Thank you, Mike Davis, for outscoring Saquon Barkley, just like I predicted in the preseason. Would happen. Mm. Thank you, T. Thank Higgins. Thank you, Lorne. Oh, <laughs> okay. What'd you say? I said thank you, T. Higgins. <laughs> I thought you were to say thank you, context. <laughs> uh, but yes, thank you, Lorne Michaels. Uh, thank you, Flowbots. Hi, tell how long of a streak are we on now? Of having no idea who the hell he's talking about. <laughs> I know you guys. You guys know a few. We talked about Dolly Parton not that long ago. Yeah, no, he did, uh, and he did another themed one the other day the, the that was like topical. Charlie Brown um, Christmas. But whenever he doesn't ELO, do themed ones. We did the, when we talked about the eel sex, he did the eel electric light. Oh, and Mike chimes in. Mike says last week was Sno- he did Snoopy. But Snoop Dogg. whenever Heifetz just did. goes, I mean, whenever DK just goes kind of stream of consciousness, just picks a band from the recesses of his memory. I have no idea who that band is. Well, you know why? It's because I I think the DK I think the DK really truly became comfortable sharing his music taste recently, and since then we've gotten like no joke like the Daryl Henderson workload. Like we've gotten one <laughs> one carry like a year 3%. and a half. Like a year and a half ago, he was like trying to be mainstream. And he's like, uh, so what are the kids listening to? to the Ariana Grande? to you youngins. Yeah, you fucking Zoomers. Ariana Venti Latte. He's like Lil Uzi Vert. <laughs> you know what? I honestly, I have this thing where I I started, I, I wanted to like give bands that you guys would know because it's just easier to have that conversation. But also, that's, like, right. I was, that's good podcast. I was being like, like a little bit self-conscious that I was going to mispronounce someone's name and sound like a total fucking boomer. <laughs> so I didn't want to do that. Yeah, you're like, ah, uh, Bill <laughs> Eilish. <laughs> yes, exactly. Love that guy. <laughs> Love that guy. Great musician. Great artist. Love that band. Bluegrass. Love it. <laughs> Is that why you said Beyonce like three times? <laughs> I'm just telling you, I don't want to like sound like a boomer. Uh, He's like, uh, the beehive. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Uh, so who did stuff. you say that the, 
the Flowbots. The Flowbots is flow like bots. not I even pictured that. Fembots like Austin Powers. You know that song That's Handlebars? A... I can ride my no, bike no. with no <laughs> handlebars. Oh, Nothing? that actually. You know that song. No, I think I have. Yeah, I don't know that. Yeah, you do. Is it on TikTok? Otherwise, I don't know. Okay. The TikTok? Oh, we got to go back to the sea shanties. How did we not make the sea shanties some recurring thing this year somehow? I mean, we got. I th- feel like we got a good run out of the sea shanties and we've moved on with our lives. Honestly, when the season's over, I'm going to have a sea shanties pod. All right. Yeah, yeah sure. Okay. Cool. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>